Witch's Tale. The fascinations of the eerie, weird, blood-chilling tales told by old Nancy, the witch of Salem, and Satan, her wise black cat. They are waiting, waiting for you. Today, yes, sir, a hundred and two year old. <laughs> well, Satan, now it's time to spin these folks another of our cheerful little bedtime stories. <laughs> Douse up them lights so we'll have it nice and dark. <laughs> when you listens to our tales, sitting in the gloom, it helps you to have pretty dreams. Now, draw up to the fire. And gaze into the embers. Gaze into them deep. And soon you'll be away out west in Michigan. And there in a fine big house where there's a party going on begins our yarn called Rat in a Trap. <laughs> Rat in a Trap! Didn't know you were out here on the veranda, Denny. Oh, enjoying the night air, Mr. Cowper. Oh, it's as hot as blazes inside. But young fellas like you should be in there dancing in spite of the heat. I'm afraid I'm not much of a dancer. Mm, you mean when the only girl you care to dance with doesn't happen to be around, eh? <laughs> Son, you're certainly a model for husbands. <laughs> Too bad Lucy didn't come in with you this morning. She'd have enjoyed this. Yeah, I wish she had come along the way things turned out. But you know I expected to return on the late afternoon train. I'm glad you missed that last train. So we can have you here tonight. Yes, it's nice to be here, but this is the first night Lucy and I have been separated since our marriage. And well... Nowadays, ladies have the vote. One of the first things a rising young lawyer with political ambitions must learn is... Not to appear too much married. Oh, I forgot that you're trying to make me president someday. <laughs> <laughs> I may, but right now we'll compromise on United States Senator... Seriously, son, you have the stuff, and people have begun to talk about you. You're pretty young for the job, but I've about decided to run you for prosecutor next election. Think you can make good? I? Oh. All I can say is that I'll do my best. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fair from what you've shown so far, but, uh, Dan, you have a couple of faults that won't fit so well in the district attorney's office. Oh, what do you mean? You know... You've shut off your mouth a lot about certain disagreements you have with our criminal code. Well, I've said that our laws are unfitted to the crimes they were designed to control. I've said that because I think it. Our penal code is wholly unsuited to cope with the thousand and one types of crime, and the varied individuals who commit it. If I had the power, I'd amend that code so that it would cease to be a makeshift of political expediency and instead would truly serve the cause of justice. Doggone, that's as good a piece of campaign propaganda as I ever listened to. Oh, I meant what I said. Maybe you did, but you said it like a politician, and that's what interests me. I take back what I said about your faults. Develop them. <laughs> ah, but it's getting late. 
Come and dance with some of those pretty girls inside before the party breaks up. I'd better telephone Lucy first. I I feel a little uneasy. That summer place of ours is so isolated back in the woods and... Lucy's not alone there. No, Pete Lorillard and his wife are with her. Or if she'd been alone, I'd have hired a cab and driven back tonight instead of waiting for the morning train. Mm, Over those roads, you'd arrive tomorrow afternoon. (laughs) Come on, let's go inside. All right. Oh, there you are, Dick. Oh, we've been looking for you everywhere, you and Abner. There's a lovely little blonde simply dying to meet you. Oh, well, I've come gladly to save her life, but I really think I should call up Lucy once more, if you don't mind. I do mind. And so will Lucy if you call her at this hour. Daddy, she'll be sound asleep. I suppose you're right, but somehow... (laughs) Speaking of telephones... uh... Hello? Who do you want? Daniel Miller. Oh, for me? It's Lucy. Lucy? Dan, she's crying. There's something the matter. Something the matter? Yeah, give me that phone. Lucy? Yes, dear, this is Dan. What's wrong, darling? You sound hysterical. You say the Lorillards were called away this afternoon? You're alone? Three men are breaking in the house? Lucy! Lucy! Oh, my God! shouldn't have come to my office today. A man who has just spent six months in the hospital has no business to even poke his nose outside of doors. I'm quite strong now, Mr. Cowper, and I had to come and have a talk to you. While I was in the hospital, out of what you thought was kindness, you've censored all police reports to me. Now I want you to tell me whether they honestly expect to ever find the, the creatures who caused my wife to put a bullet through her head. Danny, I want the truth. I, uh, I, uh, the... All right, son. I won't lie to you. I've kept the cops working on this case as they've never worked before. They haven't fallen down because they've never had a single worthwhile clue to work on. When they arrived at your house in the woods that night, 
The men who broke in had disappeared. We assume they were hobos of the most depraved type. But that's all we know about them. We found no fingerprints. We have no clue to their appearance even. Except the meager description of poor, frantic Lucy. Yes. The meager description of poor, frantic Lucy. A big, dark man with a livid crisscross scar above his left eye. That runs from brow to temple. Remember, dear. Remember. One a short man with red hair. The third a blonde man with a limp. Remember, dear. Remember. Son, the cops have picked up hundreds. Or maybe been forced to turn loose again. There's no evidence of any kind. If we had the guilty brutes before us in this room, we couldn't prove it without their own confessions. As a lawyer, you know what we're up against. Uh, an impossible job for lawyers and police. But if our law could catch them in its net, the code provides no punishment to fit their crime. Goodbye, Mr. Carper. Goodbye? Why, you say that as though we mightn't meet again. We may not. I'm leaving town tomorrow. I've got a job to do. Say, look here. You haven't the crazy idea that you can find those men yourself? Dan, to locate those three boots and secure evidence against them, a man might have to search the hobo jungles of this country an entire lifetime. I know how bitter you feel, son. But the past is past. And grief and hatred won't unmake it. I've got big things in store for you, boy. Pick up the threads of your normal life again. Think of your future, your career. My future's to remember. My career's to repay. Goodbye, Mr. Calvert. Hello there, lawyer Thomas. That Yankee partner you on around? Hey, you might find him down by the railroad yards, Jesse. <laughs> Hey, Morton sure peeks his thumb some funny friends. Uh, well, I suppose he likes them tramps, lawyers. Uh, I haven't an idea. Sure, they men's been in this town off and on for nigh eight years now. Yet no one knows him. Well, I wouldn't say that, Jesse. I know him pretty well. Yeah, no wide jumps like a shell-shocked soldier every time a telephone rings. No. Yeah, no wise hair, snow white when he ain't a day more than 40. No. <laughs> know what his real name was before he changed it to Dave Morton? No, and them things is none of my business or yours. Just the same. There's a mystery about that man that sort of worries me. Lawyer Thomas, why do you suppose your partner, Lawyer Morton, pays me five dollars cash money for every tramp we get in the jailhouse who I persuades to take him for a tawny? My partner pays you money to secure him hobo clients? Hey, are you here now to bring him such a case? Uh-huh, but this time it's just for joke. <laughs> the client I'm bringing him today is that tramp who murdered the old woman. Big Mike, yeah, the dog Sheriff Greeley rescued from the lynching mob last night. Big Mike asked me to get him. Get him Mr. Morton for his lawyer. Yeah, said a pal of his had told him about him. No partner of mine is touching his case. If Morton got the brute off by a miracle, they'd both be lynched. Yeah, here's Morton now. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Tom. All day. Well, lawyer Morton, the man over at the jailhouse who ain't got no money wants to hire you to get him out. Thanks for bringing the message, Jesse. But if you're speaking of Big Mike, I've already seen him. I'm going to defend him. You're going to defend Big Mike? Yes, Tom. Lawyer Morton, you're joking. Dave, you're mad. The man is guilty. Uh, guilty as hell. I'm going to save him from the rope because I like his looks. He's a big dark man with a scar above his left eye. A livid crisscross scar that runs from brow to temple. <laughs>
Norton wins a quittle jury freeze, Big Mike. Extra pay up, pay up. God. A load of people buying them papers and then standing round reading and talking about me. If you hadn't to sneak me here to your house, boss, they'd have had me swinging on the lamppost by now. Come away from the window. You're safe here, Mike. Gee, I hope so. But you gotta get me out of town quick. They look for me here and string me up. I'll never lynch you, Mike. I'm taking care of you now. Better have another drink. And I draw those curtains tighter. Yeah. I do need another hooker, boss. And I'm drinking it to you. No other mouthpiece in the world could have swung that jury so they'd bring a verdict of not guilty. No. No other in the world. <laughs> I used perjured testimony, lying witnesses, a framed alibi. I used every dirty trick in the book. But I got you off, Mike. Out of jail, away from the hangman. And I've got you now. <laughs> Alone with me. See, you're acting a little crazy, boss. Say, I'll have another. You know I can't figure you out, boss. Why do you make me tell you how I croaked that old woman for you to take my case? I was interested in you, Mike. And for ten years it's been my rule to know the truth about my client's guilt or innocence before I took a case. Yeah, I heard that. And every hobo from Maine to California says that spilling you the truth never brung him home. That's why I told you the works right off the bat. You got a great name in the jungle, boss. Yeah, it took me ten years to build that reputation, Mike. Won't you have another drink? Thanks. But, gee, she'll have me stewed in a minute. Well, here's how again. See, you're a funny guy. You not only spend your own dough to buy witnesses and all, but then you bring me to your house and treat me like a prince. It's very simple, Mike. I've done the things I have because you interest me. Yeah, interest me tremendously. Yeah, I'd like to know more about your life, about your travels, experiences. Other little peccadilloes before you so neatly strangled that last old woman. Say... Why you always asking me questions about what I done before we met? Are you afraid to trust a man who saved your life? Oh, but you ask such nutty questions. How long I'd had this crooked scar over me eye, for instance? I was merely curious as to whether you had it ten years ago when you were in Michigan. And I told I don't know nothing about Michigan. Oh, come on, Mike. You've lied about that long enough. I never mentioned it before, but friends of yours have told me you were there. What friends? Let me see now. Oh, yeah. Their names were Red and Limpy. Red and Limpy? You know them? Quite well. I haven't seen them lately. Have you? No. Neither has anyone else. What do you mean? That they disappeared from the road. And they ain't in jail nowheres. They're just gone. What'd they tell you about me in Michigan? The most interesting story I've ever heard. About a house in the woods. And a woman. They told you that, eh? Yes. Have another drink. I'll open this fresh bottle and join you. Well, you tell me about your Michigan adventure. I I didn't have no part in it. I didn't... Here's your drink, Mike. Oh, I must be off my nut to be afraid of you. I got reason to trust you. And I need help about that Michigan job. Need it bad. 
listen. The word's gone round that that dame's husband has been searching ever since it happened. That he's been on the road with the bows and riding the rails, living in the jungles, asking questions, trying to learn who caused his wife to shoot herself. They say he did for Red and Limpy, and no one's even found their bodies. He used to be a lawyer, just like you, boss. He was... God! Why are you stopping, Mike? The... Uh, the notion just crossed me mind that you might be him. <laughs> I must be drunk to think a thing like that about the guy who saved me from the rope. <laughs> if you was her husband, you'd, you'd have sent me there. <laughs> so give me that drink, boss, and I'll spill the wikes. <laughs> this liquor tastes funny, but it's good. It's swell. Drink yawn, too, boss, and I'll tell you all about a pretty little dame in the house in the woods. Helpless she was as a rat in a trap. Helpless, frightened, like I like to see him. <laughs> too bad she shot herself before. Say, boss, what's eating you? You crushed that glass in your hand as if it was paper. The eyes look crazy. See, what you pulling them curtains on the wall for? So you can see what lies behind them. Just a couple of plaster statues of two guys' heads and shoulders. But the faces is all gone, so the bones are shown through. What happened to those faces? You're going to find out, Mike. Just as Red and Limpy learned. Red and Limpy? These busts are their death masks. Taken in soft plaster. After they'd lain here helpless. Helpless. Helpless as rats in a trap. Is your going to lie here, helpless, while your punishment fits your crime? God, you're the guy. I'm the husband of the girl you brought to death. I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> you can. You can rise from that chair. You dope me liquor. I can't move. I'll move you. Down to my cellar below. Down to my cellar for which I've saved you from the gallows. The news for you will be too easy, Mike. Your punishment will fit your crime. No, let me go. Let me go. What you gonna do? Your punishment will fit your crime. Your punishment will fit your crime. You can't see a thing in this cellar, can you, Mike? And no one's so helpless as when they're in the dark. I want you to be very helpless, Mike. More helpless than a rat in a trap. Helpless as a woman alone in the house in the woods. Helpless as a man who loved her and who heard you 50 miles away. Helpless as a man who heard the shot that killed her. He couldn't raise his hand to save her. What are you going to do to me? You got me tied to stakes and spread eagles on the floor. But how are you going to kill me? What are you going to do? You're struggling, I... Mike. But your bums will hold. I tied them very tight. What did you do to Red and Limpy that you're going to do to me? In them plaster bust upstairs, what happened to their faces? Guess, Mike, guess. If you don't tell me, I'll go nuts. Nuts, I tell you, raven nuts. Oh, no, you won't. Not for many hours. <laughs> I've investigated the length of time required to drive men mad. Your brain's undeveloped, so it'll take you longer than most. Oh, help, help. God, if I could only see you. Oh, you're putting something over me head. Yeah, part of a little apparatus that made Red and Limpy featureless. Use your imagination, Mike. You may guess how it's done. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why, why don't you curse at me? Beat me. Kick me. Do something I can understand. 
What are you going to do to me when you leave me? Uh, how am I going to die? When I reach the top of these stairs, you'll know. When I open the secret panel, it will soon be the door of your tomb. Then you'll have a moment's light. Just enough for a quick, short glimpse around you. Uh, two skeletons beside me. The bones of red and limpy. What else do you see? There's a cage coming over my head. A cage like a rat trap. Oh, I did a rat trap. A rat is in it. I ran it in the cage with me. And soon he'd be crawling over me head and biting. Ah, that's what happened to the other spaces. A rat. No, no, no. Don't leave me in the dark waiting helpless. Guessing when that rat's going to start a bite. That's your punishment, Mike. Ah, goodbye. Ah. The third Lucy. And the last. I remember. And I repay. Martin! Dave Martin! Martin Martin! Yes, Tom. I hear you. For God's sake, let me in! Quick as you value your life! I let you in, Tom. What's the matter, Tom? What you knew would be the matter when you got Big Mike acquitted. A lynching mob was formed and a challenge for this house. They won't find Big Mike here. He's gone. They ain't after him. They're coming here with the rope to hang you, Dave. They can hang me if they want to, Tom. They think I wish to live. I don't. Are oh, you talking like a fool? Come on, there ain't time to talk. But I want to talk, Tom, about imagination. Imagination that can see a living rat in a crumpled old grey rag. And mutilated human faces in two old broken plaster busts of poor blind justice. Imagination that kills more horribly and surely than if the things it sees were real. Dave Morton, I think you're mad. That mama's almost here. And if they find you, they'll hang you to a tree. Keep away from that front door. Here, what are you going to do? I'm going to meet them. Those who usurp the place of justice must expect a punishment to fit their crime. <laughs> yarn to spin these folks. <laughs> A very pretty yarn. 